This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Very welcome to the OFNT podcast, episode one eighty four, which I'm calling AI will be embedded in everything. Seems that way, doesn't it? Well, I hope the weather is better where you are. Here on the east coast of the United States, we're feeling the effects of a tropical storm. Bringing a lot of rain with it. Hey, have you had enough of the weather report yet? I'll tell you what. Let's get started. Corrections. I apologize for that small glitch during the intro of the last episode. The glitch consisted of a small snippet of audio right before I started speaking. It was obviously from some section or episode previously recorded. It didn't show up until I had uploaded the episode, and it's not the first time that this has happened to me. This is actually the second time this happened, and both times were no fault of mine. I went back and checked the original audio file, and it's not present. It must be some error in the processing my podcast host does while converting the file from the original M4A lossless file to an MP3 file. The last time this occurred, I went back and reprocessed the original M4A audio file as an MP3 file and then re-uploaded it to my host. That glitch was much larger than the one from last week, so I just left it in there this time. That's the one thing I miss about my old hosting service. They didn't do any processing on your original file. Tech news. Both Microsoft and Amazon held events last week showing off their newest wares and advances with Microsoft's announcement being more interesting to me and perhaps many more people than Amazon's. That being the case, I'll start off with highlighting Amazon's new stuff. I use reporting from Engadget.com for reference. As predicted, 
Amazon's virtual assistant, Alexa, has been updated with generative AI within a new chat feature. You can enable this mode by saying, Alexa, let's chat. According to Amazon, Alexa's new AI chat mode makes the assistant more conversational and expressive, and you won't have to keep repeating Alexa to keep its attention. If you enroll in Amazon's visual ID service, no. you can start a conversation just by facing the screen on any Echo device equipped with a camera. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Alexa can now adjust its tone and emotion based on context. Oh, great. Next time I yell at Alexa for not playing the correct content I requested, it'll yell back at me. If Amazon eventually comes up with a complaining and arguing mode, I can see Alexa one day replacing many spouses. <laughs> yeah, I went there, and I assure you that I'll pay dearly for it later. I'd recommend to Amazon that they should add a proxy mode where Alexa can argue with a spouse on your behalf or join in during an argument on your side. You know, I'd pay extra for a service offering that capability. Next, Amazon introduced an updated Echo Show 8 featuring an upgraded display, camera, and microphone. The company touted proximity sensing where the Echo Show 8 can adjust its UI depending on your distance from it. The demo showed the weather app using a larger font the further away from the unit the demonstrator stood with the front shrinking as they move closer. Like just about all new sound tech these days, spatial audio has been added to the Echo Show 8. Yay! The camera is now center-mounted for better video calls, if that's your bag, and a faster processor has been added to the new model. The Echo Show 8 will set you back $150 and will be available in October. The OFNT household already has eight Echoes of various models and age, and we are not in the market for a new one. The updated Echo frames, which I and very few people are interested in, were introduced for $270. Enough about that. The Eero Max 7 is a combination router, range extender, and repeater. It cost a whopping $600, and I have absolutely no interest in this. The new Echo Hub features an 8-inch display and is made for managing household smart gadgets. If you're interested in this item, it will cost you $180. Next up was a variety of security cameras from Ring and Blink. I'd be interested in the upgraded Ring Stick-Up Cam Pro, which adds 3D motion detection and more refined and accurate motion alerts, made possible by the inclusion of radar technology. What I'm not interested in is the camera's $180 price tag. Blink added a $50 module that serves as a range extender, something I'd like to see Ring also have. The Fire TV branded items received updates with the highlight being a $120 TV soundbar, which is Bluetooth enabled and compatible with all Fire TV streaming products, including televisions. Well, that's nice. There was some minor service announcements, but I'll wrap it all up here as far as the Amazon event goes. Over at the Microsoft event, the show opened with the company's CEO, Mr. Nadella, expressing his enthusiasm for, wait for it, AI. Yes, here we go again. This led into the introduction of Copilot, described as a singular AI experience that will work across devices, apps, and operating systems. If this is indeed the case, Microsoft is just continuing what they've been doing since abandoning the mobile phone market and the beloved, well, at least to me, Windows Phone mobile operating system. Yes, I'm still mad about that. That's an inside joke that you'd only get if you've been listening to the show for a while. Anyway, once killing off Windows Phone, Microsoft made all of their apps fully featured across all platforms and introduced the subscription cloud-based Office 365 system. 
They specially concentrated on making Windows OS compatible with the Android mobile operating system and succeeded at that effort. With the recent introduction of Apple iMessage capability on the company's PhoneLink app, which joins the messaging capability from Android phones, Microsoft is attempting to make the case of staying with good old Windows instead of switching to Mac OS for iPhone users anyway. And that's a pretty darn smart strategy in my opinion. Yes. So if you're using the apps included within Office 365, Edge browser, and the Bing search engine, you'll have the same capabilities and experience no matter what operating system you happen to be using. I assume this will extend to those that use browser-based apps also. So for example, if you use Linux, you could bring up Word on your browser and still have all the AI features you would have on a Windows 11 machine. Well, it'll cost you 30 bucks per month to be able to use all these AI features, meaning Copilot is aimed squarely at the business market. The rollout for Copilot will begin for Windows 11 users starting September 26th, when it will be available for cloud-based apps wasn't made known. Being that Copilot will be baked into Windows, it'll have access to all your information stored on your machine. Uh-oh. And that's a bit of a security concern if you ask me. Well, on the bright side, Copilot will be able to provide better search results and can even send text messages to your phone reminding you of things, like flight information and make suggestions of when and where to catch a movie or sporting event. I guess they'll be using geolocation for this, another security concern. And now I can see why Microsoft recently killed off Cortana, the company's groundbreaking virtual assistant. I guess Copilot takes its place. Well, at least Microsoft hopes it will. Microsoft 365 chat can read all your emails, text files, documents, etc. I guess you can say it can read everything on your computer. With this capability, chat can write blog posts, articles, and write emails on your behalf. Wow! The AI will mimic your personal style, learning because chat reads and knows everything about you because of the access it has. I don't know about you, but I find this a bit, eh, very scary. Sure, it's convenient, but... You pay for that convenience by surrendering your data to Microsoft and also who knows who or what. It's a brave new world and I'm rapidly becoming a coward. Besides AI, Microsoft also had some hardware to show off in the form of two new models of their Surface laptops. The Surface Go 3 is the third iteration of the company's budget model. The new machine has a 12.4-inch screen and promises 15 hours of battery life, which is pretty good. It's of the typical clamshell design, and it will cost you $799. Well, I guess you get what you pay for, meaning that it's powered by a lower-grade Intel Core processor with commensurate performance, if I'm using that college-grade word correctly. <laughs> Finally, the Surface Studio 2 was introduced, and that's the latest version of Microsoft's excellent laptop line. The Studio 2 features a 14.4-inch screen, an Apple MacBook-like haptic touchpad, and works with a Microsoft stylus pen. It will be powered by 13th-generation Intel CPUs, NVIDIA GPUs, and a separate Intel NPU, which supposedly helps power the AI built into Windows. The Studio 2 will start at $1,999 and be available October 3rd. No standard Surface Pro model was announced, which would have been the model I would be looking at if I was still within the Windows ecosystem. Amazon unit behind Kindle Echo in chaos as job cuts loom. Morale plummets. Sources, reads the headline from the New York Post. 
This article dropped just before Amazon's event, which I covered previously and is based on a hit piece by Reuters who probably based their article on an article from the New York Times. It seems most articles these days are based on articles from other news sources, so I have to ask, who's the original source of all these news stories? I know, I know, don't look behind the curtain. Anyway, the article claims that there is confusion within Amazon's hardware unit and many fear for their jobs. Rumored products in the pipeline were listed, and if true, I have to agree with the article that most are doomed to fail. Many of the items in the pipeline are equipped with Alexa, like carbon dioxide monitors and measuring devices. However, the article also predicted that Amazon would announce updates to its Kindle readers, which never materialized during the recent event. So I would take this all with a grain of salt or pepper if you prefer. Amazon has surprised the tech world with its original Echo, so the company has a good security track record, and the sources of this article were, of course, anonymous. A statement from Amazon denied the allegations of the hit piece. Alexa is my digital assistant of choice and has been since 2014. Perhaps those Amazon employees who reported all the doom and gloom in the article are those that will be replaced by artificial intelligence models. Who knows? A couple of episodes ago, I reported on a Wall Street Journal report that claimed educators were souring on the use of Google's Chromebook because of the short so-called death rates of various models. I guess the big G was listening because the Mercury News is reporting that starting next year, Google will begin providing 10 years of automatic software updates for all Chromebooks released in 2021 and beyond. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Now that's more like it. I just wonder if third-party manufacturers will be on board with this. I guess we'll find out in the future. This year's Apple event not only signaled the arrival of the new iPhone 15 lineup, it has also marked the end of the giant fruit company sales of the iPhone mini. This from Business Insider. I've previously reported about a small but vocal crowd that haunted every Apple online forum asking for a fully equipped modern iPhone in a small form factor. I mean, you couldn't get through a single thread on these forums without seeing at least one comment concerning this. Well, Apple listened and introduced the Apple iPhone mini in 2020, and there was much rejoicing in said forums. The problem was that the number of these whiners was a lot less than the number of posts complaining of a need for a small, fully equipped iPhone. Sales of the iPhone mini were dismal, and new models of it were dropped after the iPhone 13 lineup. The iPhone 13 mini was still available for sale from Apple until this month, though. What are these seemingly fanatical small form factor types going to do now? I guess they can fall back to the 4.7-inch screen to iPhone SE, but next year's model is rumored to be getting an update to a 6.1-inch screen. So as they like to say in Vietnam, Xin Loi. And finally, from the tech section, the Apple 15 Pro and especially Pro Max are not as durable as last year's iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. This from various intertube sources. Drop tests showed the back of the iPhone 15 Pro sustained more damage than their older siblings, despite Apple bragging that they were equipped with more durable glass. The popular YouTube channel, Jerry Riggs Everything, actually did one of his infamous bend tests on the Pro models. The regular Pro fared well, but the same wasn't true for the Pro Max, which happens to be the model my lovely wife and I have pre-ordered. While the iPhone Pro Max's chassis did not bend like the old 6 Plus back in what I, and probably you, referred to as the day, which launched the Bendgate fiasco. 
During the bend test, the rear glass of the latest Pro Max suffered considerable damage. I chalked this up to the new so-called improved, easier-to-replace back module, which is Apple's bow to the vocal right-to-repair crowd. And I'm not worried about this, though, because my phones live within cases and screen protectors, and I'm not flinging this expensive piece of tech around with abandon like I guess wealthy people are apt to do. Thank you. The ones that have to worry are those that like to store their phones in their back pockets of the pants they have on. Especially those women who wear their jeans so tight that the pants seem to be painted on them. Well, not that I'm complaining about that. <clears throat> you see, these types walking around somehow with their phones wedged into a back pocket with half of the phone exposed. All it would take is one hard sit-down and that phone, well, any phone, will suffer some kind of damage. Well, I guess it will be great for sales. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Tech I'm using. I just bought a Ring Doorbell 3 from Amazon. While they usually go for $149, I purchased a refurbished model for $79. I've always had luck with refurbs from Amazon, so I wasn't concerned about the condition of the item. It appears to be unused and, of course, looks exactly like all the other Ring Doorbell models. This model replaced the second-generation ring model my daughter and son-in-law lovingly bought and installed for us back when someone was desperately trying to steal my identity by applying for credit cards in my name, putting in address changes, and then rifling through my mail to retrieve those cards. That original doorbell served me well, but lately it seems to have a mind of its own and only registered someone at my door when it feels like it. The only other problem I've had with it is that the battery doesn't last long and it's a pain in the butt to recharge, forcing you to remove the whole unit from your door and waiting hours for the battery to recharge. This newer model uses the same removable battery that powers the Ring stick-up cameras that I own, which last well over a month. I have a spare battery pack so I can just swap it out without having to take the whole unit off leaving my door without a camera. This new model was much easier to install than my original model, which will eventually find a home on the outside entrance to my basement. Apple's word processor, Pages, received a big update last week, which made it even better. Now, I must confess, I prefer Pages over Microsoft Word these days. In fact, I tried using Word last week and quickly found that I'd rather be using Pages. Now, Microsoft's Word is still the standard for business and especially government offices, at least in the United States, so I'll be keeping it around for now. If you're in the Apple ecosystem and don't work for an outfit that requires complete Word compatibility, check Pages out. The price is right as it comes preloaded onto all Apple devices. Entertainment News you know, I don't really care about Hollywood's and other Western media's propensity to race-swap characters, but they've just gone too far lately. No, I'm not talking about Disney and their Little Mermaid and Snow White debacles. I'm talking about shows that are set in certain time periods, historical dramas specifically. I sat down to watch a series produced in England called The Winter King, which is another retelling of the King Arthur legend, which of course is set in England during pre-Roman times. 
All was going well until Arthur meets Merlin, who in this case is of African descent, living amongst a primarily African settlement in the middle of the country. Yeah, I punched out of the series at this point. Now I know we're supposed to temporarily suspend our beliefs while watching shows such as these, but this was just way too much for me. I just wish they would stop shoehorning in various races for the sake of diversity into places that violate historical accuracy. Now, imagine these productions doing the reverse. The prequel miniseries to the John Wick universe debuted Friday and my son and I gave it a watch. I enjoyed it though there were some slow spots, which can be explained by it being a setup episode. I enjoyed the recreation of 1970s New York and can attest to its accuracy because I lived it. The garbage and feces-littered sidewalks and huge clunky cars were duplicated exactly as I remember it being. The music was spot on and even included a Black Sabbath song at the end. You know, Black Sabbath seems to be undergoing a renaissance at the moment as movies started including their tracks in their, their productions and YouTubers are extolling the man's virtue. Well, I hope now that everything is set in place, the next two episodes get to the very enjoyable, non-stop, senseless violence that the John Wick movies are famous for. Last week I pondered if there was a crack beginning in the ongoing unity of the now months-long writer's strike. Bill Mayer and Drew Barrymore had announced the intention of restarting their respective minor talk show, Sans Writers. Well, both have backed down and bent the proverbial knee to the writers' union after being lambasted on social media. I guess both parties didn't follow the advice of never apologizing to this particular crowd, because now they will demand even more. Update. Various Hollywood business rags in the YouTube channel RK Outpost are reporting that the studios have tendered their best last offers to the writers' union, and the union seems receptive this time. This newfound receptiveness was probably caused by the lack of public sympathy for the writers. In these modern times, there are many sources of entertainment other than Hollywood. In other words, nobody cared that they were on strike, and no one missed any shows that they were writers for. Remember, these writers are the ones responsible for inserting their personal ideology into every single thing they touched. Well, hopefully they've learned their lesson. And just write compelling stories that actually aim to entertain and not lecture audiences. On the bright side, if the strike does end, there will be no more episodes of the Strike Force 5 podcast. You're fired. Podcast news. There's a scandal brewing within Podcasting Incorporated, and it's over money. Or should I say, unpaid money owed to podcasters who are part of the Cast Podcast Network. Many of the shows within this network were owed for advertising revenue, some up to six figures. In all, it's alleged that over $100 million were basically stolen from these hosts. Instead of the revenues, the hosts were offered shares in the Podcast One network, which just had its initial public offering on Wall Street. Shares of the Podcast One network are a little over $2 per share as I'm recording this. This stock share scheme was made possible because Podcast One announced its attention to Bycast a couple of months ago. The situation has created kind of a domino effect within the world of Podcasting Incorporated, with other network companies being accused of not paying the host of shows in their respective networks what they are owed. And that's not good. In other news, Sony Corporation has initiated its third round of cuts to the company's podcast division, which has been going on for over two years. 
This time around, cutting staff and canceling his celebrity-hosted podcast named Hilo with Emrata. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. Hosted by model Emily Ratajowski. Yeah, I've never heard of her. Which struggled to find advertising, meaning no one was listening. You know, I believe the days of companies cutting huge checks for celebrities to sit down and yak with their buddies are over. And I say, good riddance. Rode, the Australian maker of many audio products, has warned users who use Apple Mac computers not to upgrade to Mac OS Sonoma as their products are having problems while using that version. I must admit I panicked a little bit upon hearing this because hopefully I'll be in the possession of a Rodecaster Duo audio interface in about three weeks. Then I remembered that my ancient 2015 iMac can't be upgraded to Sonoma thanks to Apple placing that model on the company's vintage list. There might be some life left in the old Weezer yet. <laughs> Geez, I've gone a bit long this week, so I won't be reading that excerpt from my novel. I'm sure you're upset, but you'll get over it. No. Yes. Instead, I'll talk about the recent attempted cancellation of various celebrities. You know, it amazes me how after 20 years or so, someone can then decide they were mistreated by someone, and either go to the media or the police, or both, and accuse them of something. If you happen to be on a social media platform like YouTube, for example, they'll demonetize you while the media and government, at least in Russell Brand's case, attempts to strip you of your livelihood. In other words, ruin you. And this just from an accusation, not an actual charge or guilty finding. Why bother having a judicial system then? Besides Mr. Brand, the media, probably on the instruction of some government entity somewhere, are going after one Tim Ballard a former DHS investigator, an inspiration for the unexpectedly successful movie Sound of Freedom, and David Portnoy, founder of Barstool Sports. All three have made the mistake of having their own opinions on things and not towing the government-sanctioned line. It has me wondering how I wound up living in a country with a socialist-slash-fascist government. The music is playing, and I'm about finished letting out hot air, so bear with me. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Because of my new ring doorbell camera, I can see you, so get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. Hey Jess, heal up and get out of that hospital you're in. See you soon. I'm out. See ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.